12.03 a.m. People will see us. Cleo sits alone at the hotel bar. She traces her fingertip around the rim of her empty champagne flute and surveys the aftermath of the party. The lobby and bar are littered with wine glasses and crumpled cocktail napkins, evidence of exuberance and good cheer. Wooden skewers with clinging shreds of chicken satay are tucked here and there. A crimson scarf has been left behind on a velvet chair. Towers of plates wait to be whisked away. Henry's staffers dart about with a quiet efficiency, attacking the mess, transforming chaos back to order. All will be pristine in no time, and the herein will sparkle for the first guests, who will check into their new rooms in a matter of hours. Henry has done this four times before, and he swears this is the most fun part, when real people arrive toting their literal and metaphorical baggage. In the beveled mirror above the bar, Cleo catches a glimpse of herself and barely recognizes what she sees. The pin-straight hair, the dramatic eye makeup, now smudged, the twinkling silver dress. She crosses and uncrosses her legs on the leather bar stool, kicks off the brutal borrowed heels, massages some feeling back into her toes. For a sublime second, a sentence floats through her head unsolicited, an impossible thought. I am happy. Can this be? Is it too soon? It hasn't even been a year. She feels a smile take over her face, not one of the artificial fake-it-to-make-it smiles she's perfected over the years as a matter of survival, the smile she flashed so many times tonight in an abiding effort to pass muster, but a real-deal smile. Jet, the platinum-haired bartender, returns from hefting bags of empty bottles out back. A recent Juilliard grad, he harbors dreams of Broadway. I can't believe how quickly this place came together in the last month, Cleo says, looking around and taking it all in. It's also perfectly Henry. The pressed tin ceiling, dark wood moldings, vintage chandeliers, and mosaic floor. There's a real Christmas tree with tiny white lights by the wood-burning fireplace, and the room smells of oak and pine. When I left town, it was still a construction zone. The crew worked around the clock. You should have seen Mr. Kildare. He was right in there, screwing in light bulbs and drilling holes. Well, that must have been a sight, she says, smiling at the image. Doesn't surprise me. Henry lives for the details. That he does, Jet says, filling her glass reflexively. Where were you, anyway? South America, for work, she says, stretching her arms to stifle a yawn. Jet seems intrigued, so she continues. My department has a grant to study Andean hummingbirds. Jet's eyes glaze over a bit. I just flew in this morning so I could be here for the party, and I'm not really seeing straight. Can't tell if the champagne is helping or hurting. In my experience, champagne helps until it really doesn't, Jet says through a knowing smile. So, what's better? Chasing down birds or rubbing elbows with fancy New Yorkers? The former, she says, by a long shot. Thanksgiving plans? Jed asks as he wipes down the bar. The mere mention of the holiday makes Cleo stiffen and sip. She needs a few days to fortify herself before she thinks about Thanksgiving. I'll be in Connecticut with my father, she says quietly, her eyes clouding. She finishes her drink in one swift gulp, tips her glass out to Jet for more. 
And what about you, Jet? she asks. Big plans? Oh, I'll be right here, he says, slapping the bar. Another VIP night to the hotel. But tonight was the big one. I think it went well. Seemed like a great party. She nods, takes a too big sip of champagne. It was a great party, she says, her voice light and drifting. Jet disappears into the kitchen and she flips through the pages of a leftover book. Here is New York by E.B. White, Henry's literary hero and the inspiration for the hotel. It had been Henry's idea to give each guest tonight a copy as a parting favor. A blast of cold air hits her. Cleo turns toward the front door and sees Henry stumbling in from the street, alone. He ducked out not long ago for a cigar with the last of his guests, two Natalie-turned-out-New-Yorker editors and the etiquette columnist from Town and Country. His cheeks are rosy and his fedora threatens to topple. He spots her and sidles over, flashing a dazzling smile.